This is the slightly sunny voice of your local announcer, Tom Fitzmorris. That's me. And it's time now for the Food Show, unique in America. It doesn't make even a category because it's the only one in it. We talk about food. We talk about cooking, restaurants, wine, ingredients, growing your own. If it's something you're going to wind up eating, and preferably if it's something that you're going to enjoy eating, uh, that is open for us to talk about on our program. You will not find a program like that anywhere else in America, as far as I know. If you know of a place, call me and tell me so I can check it out and see if maybe we still hold on to uh, the uniqueness and excellence uh, that uh, we're always trying to do here. We're not sure if it's going to work out, though. Uh, we don't know about this show. It's only been on the air for 30 years. Same host, same idea, same radio station. And great to be here on the Big 870, WWL and WWL 105.3 FM and WWL.com. Uh, speaking of WWL.com, just one quick little thing about that. If you go to that website uh, with your with your smartphone, and you uh, you punch it up. It will take you. You'll see a button that will take you to the station where we do this program every weekday. It's a little. It's part of WWL, but it's a, a little harder to get to. Once you've done it the first time, though, you can put a preset in, and then you can get right there. But it's the same show. We talk about all of the same things, and uh, but just on a daily basis because it's well two hours a day. Uh, five days a week, and then plus what we can get on the weekends. Today we're lucky. We have uh, we've had two programs over the weekend. We uh, were on for three hours yesterday and two hours today. I'd love to hear from you. That's the bottom line of all of this about uh, where you've been eating lately and uh, what you're looking for if you're trying to figure out a way to cook something or other, and you're not exactly sure how to proceed, or maybe you've worked on a dish and it almost perfectly came out, but then at the last minute. It turned black or green, and you were not expecting either one. Uh, Call me up, and I'm not claiming to know how to cook every single dish that ever was uh, created, but listening to us at some point during the program, there will be somebody who will know the answer to that, and then we'll both know and both learn something about it. And so, uh, you know, there's uh, one way you can treat our show. We're here to serve you. And whatever is on your mind is always welcome. Even if we're already talking about something else, ignore that. Call us up, and we'll go over to what you have on your head. Our telephone number is 260-1870, 260-1870. If you call right now, you'll get right in. That's how it is at the beginning of the program. Uh, if you're thinking about where you might go in a restaurant this time of year, especially on the holidays themselves, uh, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. All of these are very busy times for restaurants. And if you want to eat out in a really good place, a, a restaurant that uh, is excellent, has a good reputation or whatever would draw you to it, uh, we, uh, we're always looking for that information because uh, people ask me like crazy for it. I will tell you that Today, uh, I've had a pretty productive morning. Later on today, I will have two lists. One of them will be about Christmas Eve. The other one will be about Christmas Day. They will have the uh, 50 best restaurants that are in either of those two places uh, or either of those two days. And uh, all you have to do to uh, dig in on that is to, to let me know. 
or or to uh, I'll, I'll tell you what it'll be on my website um, later today or tomorrow at the very latest the website is at nomenu.com n-o-m-e-n-u.com you can go there right now in fact one of the items I have there is a list of the 12 best new restaurants of the year and uh, you know we'll uh, we'll talk about anything that uh, you bring up two six zero one eight seventy that's uh, that's what we're looking for had a busy busy day on the phones yesterday let's see how this goes starting at one in the afternoon uh, you know never the never the most urgent time for uh, calling up a radio station but hey here I am and there you are and why not two six zero one eight seventy. Uh, one piece of information I can give you, and this is very uh, useful, uh, if you haven't discovered that yet, that you're about to. There is an event going on that it's now 25, 26 years it's been going on. It's called the uh, French Quarter Festival's uh, Christmas, uh, Creole Christmas, I think that's the name of it. And what goes on is that restaurants around the city I know of at least 65 of them, there may be more than that still, uh, are doing special menus that touch on the Christmas season, and uh, it, it involves uh, special menus. In most of them, you get a choice of each of four courses, and the prices are really affordable. And... Uh, I've been looking over some of them. I, I can tell you how you can get to it yourself if you would like to look on your own for the, at these 65 restaurants and what they have to offer. If you go to fqfi.org, fqfi.org, uh, and click on the button that says uh, Christmas in New Orleans style, I think is, is what how it appears on the top of the page. That'll take you to a second page, second web page, uh, and the action there is on a button that says food and drink, or food and wine, that's what it says. And then uh, you click on that, and it'll take you to a, a list of all of the restaurants that are doing Revion dinners, how much they cost, and the exact menu, so you can look it over and, and figure this out. Here's uh, what would be a mistake going through the entire uh, December month. The Revion goes on the entire month of December. If you were to let the whole month go by without going to a Revion menu, you have really missed something great. This has been going on for a long time now, 26, 27 years. And the, uh, the quality of the restaurants has been growing m- more and more, and it becomes a better deal. Like it, Typically, over the years, this lately, anyway, has been uh, talking about restaurants that are in the 50s and 60s, even for the four-course dinner. It's still a pretty good deal, if you ask me. But a lot of them are much less expensive than that. I've seen a few of them in the 30s, again, for the four-course dinner. So this is uh, there's a lot lot to be explored around there. Let's see. Let's. Uh, I'll tell you what. I'm going to talk to Michael first. And then after that, we might take a look at some of the Revion dinners around town and the ones that I think have a good shot of being delicious for you. Uh, Michael, welcome to the Food Show. You're on the green phone. Welcome. Hello. Hey, Tom. Hi there. Hey, I have a cooking question. Ask me. Um, So I like to make red beans from scratch. But recently, um, they taste perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. Uh 
they yeah. don't sort of keep the really nice red color that you get in a restaurant. Or and I don't know what the heck I'm doing. That I mean, yeah. they taste perfectly fine. It's just sort of the uh-huh. look about them. Okay. Do you have any idea I think, what I might be doing? Yeah, I do uh, think I know. I think you're cooking it too long. You're probably right. And, and um, you're pretty smart. Guy. When, what uh, you, do you soak the beans overnight? I don't. I don't do I, that. I've never really. You think that'll make the? Yeah. Bad? Well, they, uh, uh, there are two things that you can do that'll uh, address the problem. And I'll tell you what, this is something I'm interested in, but for different reasons. I don't particularly care what color it is. But what I do like is for the beans to be discrete from one another, not a thick, uh, kind of almost like a sauce sometimes. I had one a couple of weeks ago where you could not truly find a single, just a bean. It was all part of a a puree almost. Gotcha. Uh, But if you, here's what you do. First of all, soak them overnight drain out the water, uh, and then put it into your pot with water and all the seasonings you're going to use. I have a strange one. This was given to me by one of our listeners a long time ago, at the very beginning of the show a million years ago. And he suggested that instead of using a little bit of uh, celery in there, I, I always put in one stalk of celery. He said, use three or four. Chop them in there. Mm-hmm. And he said... I know that sounds crazy, but give it a try. Red beans are cheap, so you're not really losing uh, any anything. I tried it out. It really made a huge difference. So I've been doing that every time since, chopped up the uh, celery and put it in there. And then you put in the water, and you bring it up to a fairly good boil. And you're going to reach a point where you stick your spoon in there and take one of the beans out. And if it's soft enough that you can eat it but still in one shape you know each bean is kind of like separate uh-huh. you're done you're done you can take it off the stove right then and there if you have leftovers put them in a container they hold up just fine in the refrigerator and uh, there you are and i think it'll take care of the color issue that you bring up all right well i'll call you back and let you know if it works out yeah yeah Appreciate please it. do yeah thanks right. for calling thank you, thank you. Bye. see ya you are listening to the food show Larry is over here on the orange phone. Larry, come on in. Hey, Tom. How you been? I've been real good, uh, shockingly good. so, even though uh, having to do our program today pulled me away from a great Sunday brunch uh, with some friends of ours. Uh, but that's okay. Uh, you know, my my listeners are my uh, – shut up, Tom. Uh, what's up? <laughs> I got a goofy question. Um, oh, I love goofy I have, questions. I know. <laughs> no, I really do. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, I have some uh, sheephead fillets and I think redfish, too. Yeah? I was wondering, could I take the sheephead fillets and um, boil them in a little crab ball and use that in gumbo? I, I think you could, but that would be, in my mind, a waste of a really good fish. It, You know, it has a reputation among fishermen as being a horrible fish, and the reason for that is that it's really hard to clean, and uh, they, you, know, they, you lose a lot. That. You you lose a lot of uh, uh, of value there, uh, even though. But the the price of sheep's head is usually pretty low. I think um, anything you would do with trout, you know, a sautéed trout or a butter butter grilled, uh, tr- yeah. even trout amandine or something like that, comes out great with sheep's head. 
Uh, I would, yeah. if you're looking for something to put in a gumbo, I don't think I would waste that good fish on that. It's, uh, to me, you're looking at shellfish more than anything else, but redfish, I think, would be a good choice. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I was looking at a place of crab because crab's so expensive. Yeah, well, that's for sure. We're, uh, the crab season is just about over. Uh, right. Re- that's the reason for that. And crawfish are coming in now, so you have that available to you. Had some crawfish today, in fact, already. Mm. And it's only it's only 1.30 in the afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah. you can eat crawfish <laughs> Yeah, well, now, we, uh, yeah, now we're going to have it until uh, around the 4th of July. Uh, the, the crawfish season typically starts off on uh, right around Thanksgiving, and then it goes, you know. But uh, when right. it's there, you may as well eat it. Uh, it's it's a good product. Uh, certainly has a big part in the local lore about eating. So yeah, I try to I try to make sure I take up all I can of those. Why not? Yep. Remember this: no, hardly anybody else except other people who live down here uh, get to have that pleasure. Cause no, my daughter, my daughters live up north, hate it. Yeah. Well, there you go. You can't solve everything. I told them move back. That'll solve the problem. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> All right, Mr. Tom. Well, nice Mr. hearing Tom from you. My pleasure. You're always welcome. Take care, bro. You're listening to The Food Show. This is Tom Fitzmorris. Our telephone number is 260-1870. We'll return with more of it after, first please, this. Oh, oh, it's me. It's the food show. Welcome back. 260-1870, and we are joined on the orange phone by Ed. Ed, welcome. Hello, Tom. Hi there. Come on in. Okay. Uh, here's an interesting question. Uh, it's a discussion about uh, soft drink beverages, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you've heard of the soft drink called Moxie, M-O-X-I-E? I sure have, and I've I've had it too. Last time we were we had, we've been doing these cruises, uh, uh-huh. pretty often. They they real people really love them. Where we start off in, uh, in uh, uh, New England, and then we that's work where, our way. That's where it's made. Okay. That's and where. Yeah. Mad, and, Mad Magazine back in the late fifties used to put "Bring Back Moxie" all over. It was all the the yeah. Mad magazines, but. I know it's made in New England, and the ingredient is is gentian root. Okay, and I know gentian yep. is used as an antiseptic for foot wounds. What does moxie mm. taste like, and can one obtain it here in New Orleans at a grocery uh, store? I I've never seen it here. I, if I had, I would have bought a bottle and put it on my shelf with the other oddball bottles uh, that I have uh-huh. in my office. And uh-huh. uh, but I have had it, and I would tell you that the, I could describe to you the flavor in just one word, and that is medicinal. It, it has this kind of a medicinal flavor to it, like uh, cough syrup. Not well, exactly the same, but it's I like, not. I like Lafroy scotch, so I love I love an iodiny taste. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, if you that, like, if, yeah, if you like uh, those uh, those scotches that come from uh, uh, what's the name? West Coast. Okay, I love them. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you like that, this. then you'll then you'll love Moxie. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's another thing. Uh, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. a retired chemistry instructor, and I always should tell my classes. You know how these soft drinks originated? They were medicines. Okay. 
Now, everybody That's true. knows that cocaine was in Coca-Cola until about yep. 1902. Do you know, here's the chemistry question, what chemical was in 7-Up until 1944? Hmm, that's a good question. Uh, it's it's basically... I know the answer. It's, uh, well, well, let me, I'm going to take a shot at it. Uh, yeah. My, my guess is that it somehow involves lemon peels. No. Lemon, no? Okay. No. Uh, well, that was all lithium I had. Citrate. That's the chemical so, element lithium on the periodic table citrate, which uh, <laughs> lithium is used to treat manic depressive symptoms. Uh, it was started in the 1940s. Oh, lithium. And the said, well, you, you can't put lithium compounds in a soft drink. You have to take it out. And <laughs> this is funny because the original 7-Up ads, you know, showed the old 7-Up bottle with the swimmers blowing bubbles. And it said, right. this is a great hangover remedy cure. It takes the ouch out of grouch. <laughs> and the whole time it was uh, chemical. Yeah, lithium citrate. In fact, the original name for 7-Up was Dr. So-and-So's Lithiated Lemon Lime Soda. Lithium was accepted well, as a, as a, hey, as a you know, patent I'm, medicine I'm, cure. I'm, I'm, running, I'm running out of time before I have to go to the news, but I want to add one more thing to this, and that is the name 7-Up. Yeah. The up is a reference to your mood after you drink it. That's where it got its name. I think so. That's interesting. I, I had no idea about that before, but that's a good one. That's okay, a great uh, trivia have a good, thing. Have a good holiday season. Okay. Yeah, bye. you too. Thank you. It's time to check on the news, uh, which will come to you from CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System, as well as our own Cracker Jack uh, uh, news guys. Or are they... Are, Oh, Don Ames is there today? Okay, well, then we got the first class. We'll be back right after that. Just a short break. Thank you. Welcome back. It's the Food Show. I'm Tom Fitzmorris. It's fun to be here with you talking about food and restaurants and stuff. Let's see. Who's on hold? It's Warren, isn't it? Warren, you still there? Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, Tom. Hi there. Come on in. Hey, Tom. Hi. Come on up uh, a little closer to the, uh, in, uh, to the invisible microphone. Yes, can you hear me now? Yeah, that's perfect. Okay, hey Tom, it's been I've been holding on since uh, around Hammond. I'm getting off at a beer. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Tell, I, I mean, that's okay. I was calling about an excellent uh, Indian restaurant in Hammond. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a Punjab restaurant. It's in a pilot gas station. Hmm. I don't know if you've heard of it or not. No, uh, what's the name of it? It's uh, it doesn't. It's in a pilot gas station. It's by. Exit it doesn't have Point. a name. No, it is. It's it's in a gas station. It's called Punjab Food. It says uh-huh. there's uh, pictures of pigs and Indian characters on the outside of the building. It's in a, oh, a gas station truck stop. Hmm. <laughs> it's, uh, Who would expect? It's the best. It's the best hmm. Indian food I've had in Louisiana. You know, I've had eaten a lot of it. You know, it's. Yeah. It's on Exit Forty. And it's Highway 71 off of Interstate 12. Okay. And if you Google Indian food in Hammond, you come up with, you know, you get, you come up with it. But, yeah, it has a, are, there, uh, are there a lot of Indian people who live in Hammond? Or I'll bet you a lot uh, of the them are. The uh, restaurant uh, is about, uh, I'd say the restaurant, when you eat there, is about half ethnic uh, South Asian. And uh-huh. they even have sort of a, like a partition area off where they have women that come in, uh, Habibs. You know, deep. Uh-huh. You know, so they won't be disturbed by the, you know, the other people. But it's a, 
and have a buffet during the day at lunch, and it's really excellent food. Has it the right aroma? You know, I've eaten, I've eaten at I guess maybe six restaurants in Louisiana and have Indian food, and it's my favorite at the moment. You know, it's hmm. and uh, it's really uh, excellent food. I, I'm okay. surprised you hadn't heard about it. Haven't heard about it so. Well, you know, coving. I mean, uh, um, Hammond um, is just far enough from town that it uh, a lot of people just don't know about it. They don't get there very often. If you work there or you live there, you're there every day. Yeah. I know quite I, a few people who do that. Yeah. But it's uh, I, that's I the only reason. I, I, don't, I don't really cover a, a Hammond too much because just the investment of the drive and the yeah. drive back, you know, right. it's kind of hard to do a, it. I live in a, I live in a beat too, you know. I, yeah. Yeah. You've met me a few times before. I haven't called in a while. My brother well, has a are. museum. So, oh. but, uh, oh. okay, well, I'm just going to, Check on that. Uh, check on that restaurant if you have that one. Sure. Really, uh, okay. I get there often okay. enough. Okay. Well, thanks. All right. Thank you. See Bye-bye. you. It's the Bye. food show. Our number is two six zero one eight seventy. We'd love to hear from you about uh, where you've been eating, where you're thinking of going. If you want to know anything about the Revion menus, call me about that. That's the best deal going in town right now, as it is every year. And uh, I can work up some excitement with you for it. I think. We'll come back with more of it after First Please This. Welcome back. It's the Big 870 WWL. It's the Little Food Show, and here we are every day. Every day this week, let's see, I'm on a let's see, a 12-day roll without a day off. I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. It's great to be here. Beth is here, too. Beth, come on in. Hi. Hi. Nice How hearing you doing, from Tom? You. I'm just swell. Had a great day today so far. And it hasn't even half over yet, so. Good, and you're busy. Yeah, well, they they, they keep me jumping around here. <laughs> um, I was looking, looking at your um, recipe, fried, the fried melatons, and um, yeah. it doesn't say to, like, peel them or pour boil them first or anything, so you just, are you not going to peel them I, first? I, no, you, you don't have to. There's no real skin to speak of. Uh, it okay. doesn't have a particularly different texture from the meat of the, the center part. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. And it doesn't have much flavor. As a matter of fact, the whole melaton doesn't have much flavor, and it's the stuff that you stuff into it that really gives it its character. Right, right. Yeah, I, yeah. I made casserole, but I've never tried to fry them. But isn't there like, there's a seed in the middle, though. It's a, The isn't seed there? is edible, too, although most people oh, okay. do cut it out. You, you, don't, yeah. you don't have to eat it, but it's, uh, it is edible. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm, I'm gonna try that. And what's the the best way to to um, pan fry or whatever New York strip steak? Uh, the way I do it is I I have a black iron skillet or something comparable to that. You heat it up pretty uh-huh. good. You throw a few pieces of butter the right size to to get underneath the steak when you put it on top of that little puddle, uh, just mm-hmm. enough to separate it from the pan, and you let it sit there until it'll stick to the pan, and then it'll break loose. And when it breaks loose, turn it over, put it in another very shallow puddle of butter, and then get it seared the same way it'll pop pop off, and then it's ready. Then your, if you like rare beef, it's ready to go. If you like your your steaks a little more cooked, what you do is you take it out out of the pan, and you put it into the oven at about 400 degrees and let it go for, well, depends on how much you, you know, what. Uh, well, me, 
Media, maybe. Medium, uh, if you yeah. have a meat thermometer, and if you don't, you ought to go get one. They, they're under $10. Yeah. Now. Uh, oh, okay, anyway, <laughs> what you want to see to get uh, medium would be about 130 degrees internal temperature. So okay. you stick them, you stick the meat thermometer into the middle of the steak, and if you get 130 degrees, you're right there on uh, on uh, uh, medium. Uh, right. Medium okay. rare would be about 125, and rare would be about 120. Okay. All right. And do you um, just use salt and pepper on that? Usually, you do it before uh, you cook it. I uh, I usually do put it all over uh, before I cook it, and I learned a long time ago from a butcher that the main problem that most people have with steaks is that they don't have enough salt on it. Now, a lot of us have to oh, watch that okay. for health reasons. Right. But, uh, yeah. but there, there's no question about it. It, it. That does make a difference. Right. Okay. Well, that sounds right. great. I'm going to try it. Thanks Enjoy. a lot. See ya. Thank you. The food show. Can I keep going? CJ, welcome to our little broadcast. Hey, Tom. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday to you. Nice hearing from you. Thank you. Hey, look, I'm riding with my lab here, and I, I was jogging my brain here with some memories of my grandmother who was uh, from the Marksville, Mansura era, area. Oh, that's, and, that's um, my, uh, my history is uh, from there. My, my mother's family grew up around there. Yeah, well, there's something we have in common besides our bellies. But, you, uh, and, uh, you and me and, and, uh, and, uh, <laughs> and most of America? Sheriff, Chef Normand, he's, yeah. uh, the Normand clan is also from around there. Okay, well, here's my question. Yeah, uh, the, the The dish that she would make that I haven't seen duplicated or even anybody else make it was a, di- a fish dish called Gasper Goo. Have you ever Gasper heard of that? Goo. Yeah, that is a, not so much a recipe. That's a kind of fish, Gasper Goo. Okay. It has another, yeah. it has another name that is, and it uh, translates as milk fish. But now, wait a minute. What is there's a, there's a more common name than that, um, uh, but that's what it means. It, it's sakale. That's it. S a c a l a i. I think that's l a i. Sakale. Sakale. Uh, I'm not sakale. sure. But... No, that's it. That's the same exact okay. fish. And okay. uh, whatever you can do with a sakale is uh, something you could do with a uh, what? What did you? What did you use? That, what was that name again? Gaspergu. Yeah. Gaspergu. Right. But I remember uh, this dish that she would make. It was more of like a, a clear kind of, not a gravy, but like a, and it wasn't a, like a, a white gravy that you would put on biscuits or anything yeah. like that. But it was some, it was a, a dish with this kind of milky gravy or um, similar to like a sticky chicken kind of thing, but it was not not dark or anything. But anyhow, any, it was a fantastic any butter dish. In it? Any butter in um, it? Ah, man, Tom, look, this was like about 50 years ago, so. Any uh, any milk. garlic? Do you remember? I oh, mean, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. there was garlic in it. And yeah, uh, you know what? If, if just based on what you've told me, if you said, "Okay, I'd like you to to cook this in the next half hour," I think what I would go for would be to make something along the lines of of well, in different depending on what kind of restaurant you're in, Bordelaise sauce or uh, 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 the the kind of uh, sauce that you would. It's basically an olive oil, butter, and garlic sauce. <laughs> That you toss gotcha. your pasta with, and it sounds like that's the direction it goes, but that is a really great combination to put on fish, I think. I, I All right, excellent, pretty often. excellent, Tom. Well, All thanks right, for your time, luck. and I'll let you go. My pleasure. Thanks for calling. The Food Show. Sam is uh, now joining us. Sam, come on in. Hi, Tom. Sa- Hi there. Have a seat. Hi. 
First time Hi. caller, first day listener. Oh, wonderful. Um, I'll I'm be traveling darn. from uh, New York to uh, Texas, and I'm listening to your radio station as I'm passing by. And I, since I'm in the area, um, I just have a question. What is the difference between Cajun and Creole food? That is the single most often asked question about the food of this area. I'm uh, glad basically, I was that guy to ask it. You, I, I'm glad you are, too. And I'm glad to be the guy who gives you an answer. But anyway, here's the deal. Cajun food is basically country-style food, but with the usual Louisiana touches, which means there's a lot of French in it. There's a lot of seafood in it, and it tends to be spicy. You know, that's that's always going on. You have a lot of flavor that comes from seasonings of various kinds, and you have gravies, and you have rice on the side, sometimes dirty rice. You know, uh, that's that's Cajun country, and uh, it it comes out of a history of people who were very poor for a long, long time. And then the oil, it was discovered that there was oil around there, and then the Cajuns got rich. But Creole cooking, Creole, the meaning of the word Creole is is that it, whatever it is, was born in the new world, but the parents were from the old world. So you'd have French people who would migrate to Louisiana, and then they would have children, and those children were Creoles. And, oh, okay. Uh, and so what you're talking about here is a, a big city and a much more sophistication, much more uh, formal, and uh, and a lot more money to spend, too, especially before the Civil War. Before the Civil War, New Orleans was a rich town by any standard. And uh, so that's when Creole cooking really got off the ground in the uh, early 1800s. And that's uh, that's basically the story. Now, the, the, the bottom line of this, though, is that Cajun food and Creole food have pretty much merged with one another. And there there are not very many dishes that you could say, this is Creole all the time, this is Cajun all the time. However, there is one thing. Uh, it, it works for gumbo and jambalaya. Gumbo, if it's Creole, probably has some tomato in it. It's That's also true of a Creole um, uh, jambalaya. Whereas in Cajun country, you would never see tomato in anything like that. It would be a lot of uh, sausages and a brown sauce and, and all of that. And that's the same of uh, certain dishes in Creole cooking. So all there right. you are. That's a, a short uh, idea. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for calling. It's the Food Show. Uh, is it break time? It is, obviously. Okay, we'll be back with more of the Food Show after. First, please, this. do 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 during the news, uh, our our crack uh, back of the house uh, kind of operation here has come up with more information about uh, that fish, sockelet or gaspergoo. Uh, in my mind, that was always the same fish that's drum fish, and it is also um, a uh, freshwater fish. Uh, a lot of freshwater fish include things like uh, like speckled trout, really, because uh, speckled trout does really well in like uh, Lake Pontchartrain, which is sort of a brackish environment. It's not really salt, uh, although it does have salt in it, but it's about halfway of what you would find out in the Gulf of Mexico. So anyway, I think we have a little better idea of what it was before we started this, and I, I gave you a couple of other uh, bad turns. So anyway, uh, who is somebody on hold? Donald. Donald, welcome to the food show. Oh, I'm sorry. That's a big difference. Donna, D-O-N-N-A. Hi, yes. hi Tom. 
calling to give you some information on the Gasper goo. Oh, good. Um, it, it is a freshwater drum, which is usually pretty big. Um, yeah. In my little time uh, fishing, I would compare it to like a sheephead, a large sheephead or uh-huh. a small fish. Um, only they're much uglier. <laughs> and exactly is sometimes no is a same name sometimes as a crappie, which is a small tender. Oh yeah, that's where I was confusing myself. Okay, thanks for tr- straightening me out on that. Okay, thank you. Yeah, thanks for calling too. See ya. It's the food show. Yeah, that's true. I'd forgotten about that. C R A P P I E, and it is very very tempting to call it crappy. Because that's what it looks like. But uh, that doesn't really carry a very good. But then again, sheep's head doesn't either. So, uh, but, but that's a good fish. As a matter of fact, that's a great fish. I remember when I first started writing about this stuff uh, 40 years ago, they, that that was true, that uh, a, 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 one of those sheep's head was like a garbage fish, thought of that way. But now... We are discovering it. I get it every time I encounter it on any menu anywhere. If I'm in the mood for fish, I'll, I'll go for that. Well, anyway, 260-1870 is our telephone number. We're uh, not too far away from the news, but we have time to talk. You, you, Right now, nobody's there, right? Nope, nope. Uh, that gives me a couple of seconds to talk about uh, some of the Revion dinners around. I've set this up thinking I would have a lot of time to kill. We've been very busy on the phones, but we welcome that, so uh, call us. Anyhow, I, I here's the most expensive one of all, and it's been that way for a while. Most of these Revion dinners are great bargains, and even the ones that are a little on the high side, like, say, in the 50s, $50 for the, uh, for the four-course dinner, and uh, with a special menu that is has uh, Christmas written all over it. But uh, Restaurant August, they say, that's not really our bag. It's $100 for theirs. I think theirs is the most expensive this year. Let's see what they're giving us for that. First course, dobe glace with foie gras and oxtail, pickled cranberries, and heirloom rye. Uh, That sounds fantastic to me. So second course, the not-so-classic turtle soup with Pedro Jimenez sherry. Pedro Jimenez is indeed a maker of really good cherries in Spain. So this is a classic. Uh, actually, that sounds pretty classic to me. There must be something in it that I don't know. Anyway, the third course, Happy Hens Farms Yard Egg Brouillade with Alba Winter Truffles. Hmm. Uh, what you have there is a lot of uh, very expensive name foodstuffs. Uh, this Happy Hens Farms. That's that's a real farm out there, but they raise their their chickens and they raise their eggs that come from those chickens, very very selectively. So what you get out of it is of much higher quality than you're used to having. And the winter truffles, uh, these are the ones that are on the black side. They look like they have a bunch of little white fat things in the middle of them. And that's just the coloring. But uh, well anyway, uh, all right, we've killed enough time. On FM, on HD, on SkyWave, and online, this is WWL Radio in New Orleans, WWL FM HD 1, Kenner, New Orleans. The news is next from CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System, and then more of the food show. I hope you'll stay tuned. This is Tom Fitzmaurice. Happy to be here. It's Sunday.
Stay tuned. Thank you. Welcome back. It's the uh, second course of the food show and then some. It's nice to be here with you talking about food, about restaurants, about cooking and wine and all of that. We had a bunch of people in the last hour. We had a very busy hour, uh, first go-round. Anybody left over from that? I don't think so. But uh, if you can – oh, that's right. Charles is over here. Uh, Charles, welcome to the food show. Hey, uh, Tom, thanks for taking my call. Just a quick question. Born and raised sure. in New Orleans. Love yep. to eat fish. I can't find a fresh croaker nowhere in the whole metropolitan area. What's going yeah. on with that species of fish? Uh, croaker doesn't really pop into the markets too much. It's it's mostly a fish that you see in uh, Mississippi, the Mississippi Gulf Coast. It's all over the place there. And you'll turn it up now and then, but I don't know if it's even allowed to be sold commercially. Uh, really? I'd have, I'd have to look that up. You know, the, the laws about commercial catching and selling of fish are very stringent, very many and some of them really ridiculous. Like right now, the the amount of trout, speckled trout, that comes into Louisiana from Louisiana waters, there's only 11 people that are al- allowed to catch it. And really? if any of them dies, that's it for that guy's uh, uh, permit. And uh, sooner or later, there will be no zero uh, speckled trout for commercial, for restaurants, for, for shops. And all, just about all the uh, trout we get right now is coming from the Carolinas and mm-hmm. Virginia and yeah. Mississippi. But croakers, I suspect, might be the same kind of story, but I don't know for sure. I'd have to look that up. Well, uh, yeah. uh, thank you for your time, and uh, you have a Merry Christmas, sir. Yeah, you too. Thanks for calling. Thank See you. Ya. It's the food show. I don't know if you heard on the news there, but there is a comet in the sky. You will see it best tonight, they say, at around uh, 11 o'clock or midnight. We should have clear skies. And what I've been doing during the news break is uh, I've been looking around to see if there is any map of what part of the sky this thing will show up in. Uh, that is not something that uh, you you can uh, – that's something you can really count on. I mean, uh, astronomers have it all figured out. And uh, it's it's a, a, a newly discovered uh, comet. Uh, its its official name so far is six. I mean four six P, Wirtanen. I think that's how you pronounce it. W I R T A N E N. I have a, a telescope that is specifically designed for catching fairly big things in the sky. Comets take up a lot of space in the sky. It's like the uh, the moon. Uh, if you try to look at the moon from a, a really tight, uh, long-distance uh, telescope, you, you will see parts of the moon, but not all of it. This uh, telescope I have, which I've almost never used since the uh, – I've almost never taken it out uh, since uh, my son and I got out of the Boy Scouts uh, back when he be- uh, undertook – uh, puberty, and then, then that was over. But anyway, I still have this thing. I remember taking it out to see the uh, Halley's Comet when when it came around, and it's great because it does take in the whole telescope. So I get a chance to see that tonight. I'm an uh, I've been an astronomer, amateur astronomer since I was like a little kid. I, mean, I was like six years old. It thrilled me. 
Anyway, uh, tonight, tonight's the night, they say. But where is it in the sky? Anybody know? I bet you there's some, uh, some uh, uh, astronomical no- nuts out there like me uh, who, who will know the answer to that question. Let's hope so. Uh, the, the, although, despite that, that doesn't maybe sound like a food sort of a thing to talk about. But, uh, you know, we're, this is a program about living well and uh, knowing these natural phenomena uh, this is what you go hiking up in mountains to see and, uh, you know, why you'd take a cruise across the ocean. You know, there's all sorts of places and all sorts of natural uh, elements in the world we live in that uh, it's endless. Anyway, uh, I think it is. But uh, what we mainly do is food. Here is our phone number, 260-1870, 260-1870. And uh, I think if you were to call right now, you'd get right in. I suspect so. And we'll talk about anything having to do with food, about restaurants, about cooking, and about, uh, you know, all of that stuff. That's, that's what we do. I, you know, right when we went into the news, I was outlining the uh, Revion dinner that's going to be served at, as a matter of fact, is being served, including tonight. At Restaurant August, uh, Restaurant August is considered by a number of people, lots of people actually, as being the best restaurant in town and if you're talking about emphasis on food rather than on atmosphere and service, well, service is, is so important that it's right up there with the food. But all the other things, the story behind them, all of that is secondary to the what they put out on the plate and how they do it. Anyway, they are doing a $100 um, um, uh, dinner for the Revion. Uh, Revion dinners typically are between, you know, forty dollars and at the most about sixty dollars. Although there are some small exceptions here and there. This one's a hundred dollars, but here's what you get with it. Um, first course is dobe glacé. A dobe glacé, as 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 you know, you probably do don't know this anyway. Uh, it is a, a, a roast beef that usually goes into red sauce uh, to do Italian-style dishes. We used to have that all over the place, but you hardly ever see it anymore. Foie gras and oxtails and pickled cranberries and heirloom rye bread. That's the first course. That's sort of an appetizer. Second course is turtle soup. They say it's not classic turtle soup. They say that the sherry that goes into it is Pedro Jimenez sherry from Spain. But I don't know what else he means by not so classic. Maybe there's a, a duck in it. I don't know. <laughs> Splashing around. Uh, third course, you have a choice of two things. Happy Hens Farms Yard Eggs Brouillade with Alba Winter Truffles. I don't know. That all sounds like one dish to me. But uh, the Happy Hens Farms, that's a reference to uh, the, the fact that this farm, which really d- exists, is a gourmet razor of really good yard eggs, uh, which make a big difference. I can tell you that because there's a lady who who raises chickens right across the street from where I live, and uh, her eggs are, are just great. I mean, this is, she gets these yard eggs. That's what she's got all the chickens for, and it really makes a difference. Uh, anyway, winter truffles, those are the black ones, and still coming from, uh, from uh, France, but I read an article... A couple of days ago, to the effect that there's an outfit in California that has successfully raised themselves, uh, cultivation and all, uh, 
yard, uh, these, the same kind of winter black truffles that we're talking about here, that should be very interesting to taste. I don't, I don't think they're available yet, but I have a feeling that we may start, may start seeing them, and then you won't have to rely on France so much because the shipping of truffles is what makes them, A, expensive, and, B, hard to get. Sometimes they don't last in the trip. Anyway, fourth course, Rains Farms Wagyu strip steak. Wagyu beef is raised up in the up in the northwest. It is the same uh, kind of it's the same species anyway, and strain of beef uh, that you find in uh, in Japan. And uh, you know, all those specialty beefs that they have there. Let's see. Uh, this dish is Wagyu shrimp uh, strip steak. With uh, P&J oysters, spinach, madeleine, potatoes, gaufret. Gaufret potatoes are almost like hash browns, but not quite. Fifth course, spumoni. That's simple enough, but it's not the usual spumoni, which is made with vanilla, uh, lemon, strawberry, and what's the other? Oh, the green, yeah, uh, uh, the, uh, the green one, uh, and I'm drawing a blank all of a sudden. What do we call that? What's that flavor, the green stuff that you get? Like if you go to Bricado's and you get the spumoni and part of it is green. Pistachio. I knew I would think if I kept beating at it, I would get it out. Okay, so spumoni, but what they're doing over at Restaurant August for their Revion dinner is using totally different flavors. Dark chocolate, black cherries, and pistachio. No, they got the pistachio in there. Anyway, that's at Restaurant August. Uh, you will have a fantastic dinner there. That's the only kind I've ever had there, uh, and I've been going since they opened. I have a great story about Restaurant August. At least I think it's great, but I wrote it. It's in a book I put out a few years ago called Hungry Town, and the, the book opens up with a scene that took place, uh, place at uh, Restaurant August just like a week or so after Hurricane Katrina. And uh, they were just going full blast, and everybody in New Orleans, it seemed like, was there and laughing and saying uh, to themselves and to others, we're going to make it out of this thing with, uh, and not have to worry too much about it. And it happened. All right. Well, anyway, you are listening to The Food Show. Our number is 260-1870-280-1870. If you call right now, you'll get right in. We had a very busy hour, the first hour. Where did everybody go? Nothing, huh? Are we still connected? Are we still on the air? Okay. We just, nobody's called. Okay, well, let's take a break. That sounds uh, like perfect timing to me. We'll return with more of the food show in a moment after first, if you will, this. It's the food show. I was just uh, talking about, to myself more or less, and uh, to our producer, that the comet that is in the sky today, and this is for real, by the way, it's not a hoax on my part. I know I'm the kind of guy who would do that, but uh, it's for real. And I was just, you know, trying to figure out where in the sky it is. We have a good landmark this time of the year, though. Uh, Orion the Hunter is pretty much right overhead, so maybe that's it. It's supposed to be at its peak between 11 and midnight tonight. I found my telescope. I was wondering where I had put it, but I found it, and so I'm ready to go tonight. It's the food show, and uh, joining us over here is Sherry. When you have turtle soup, Sherry, do you have Sherry put into it? 
<laughs> I have a bottle of sherry that's like 100 years old in my cabinet. I don't oh, even Oh, well, it's still okay no. because the alcohol in there is so high that it it doesn't go bad. <laughs> no, uh, I get a lot of jokes about my name being Sherry. But, um, sherry. You probably yeah, have to put up with that song. Oh, I that's love awful. that song. I, I know it's a good one, but I have a dirty little secret. Oh? Um, yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, well, before I get to my dirty little secret, let me tell you about I have your cookbook, and yeah. it's so cute. But, um, you know, when there are pages that are really, really Dude. dirty and disgusting and ha- covered with oil and dog-eared, oh. the seafood gumbo one is dog-eared, and then the crab cake one. So that's my favorite. But anyway, my question is, and my dirty little secret is, the I use store-bought roux. It, uh, I don't. I know. I know ooh. it's wrong. I know, but it. When I make your seafood gumbo and I follow it to the letter, and I never tell yeah. anybody I use store-bought roux, they just can't uh-huh. believe it. They just think it's the best ever, and they beg for it. But um, okay. So you're against it, obviously. But no, you know, like- I, here, here is my my <laughs> philosophy about such things. If it okay. tastes good, it uh-huh. is good. So if you like okay. it. Keep doing. Okay. Okay. I, I don't, you know, there are, there are uh, one of the funniest things about recipes and cooking and all of this is that a lot of folks have the idea that there's only one perfect way to do fried chicken, only one perfect way to do <laughs> remoulade sauce. It's not true. You can make all of those things, just about every, every recipe in the world, you can make it uh, your way and add touches that you think will be good, and if they are good, well, then it's a hit. So uh, well, I wouldn't get too that, bent out of shape about that. I'm not bent out of cha- shape uh, too much, but you're pacifying me. But why did you moan and groan when you said that? Oh, I was just, was just a natural reaction of a snob <laughs> on my part. I mean, well, listen, I call a spade a spade. I'm a snob. What can I say? I, want, I like things my way. I like dressing up to going to dinner. I don't like people who don't dress up to go to dinners that are in places that are obviously, obviously uh, formal and walking in with T-shirts and, uh, and uh, baseball caps and flip-flops and, and, worst of all, tattoos. You're not a snob. I think that's uh, having higher standards. And you know what is funny about dressing up is why not? It's fun. It is. It makes all the difference in the world. People treat you better. I mean, if if you want to, you you will. I'll bet you. I'll have to think about this for a minute to put some numbers on it. But if you were to give a rating of a restaurant uh, on a scale of a hundred, let's say, uh-huh. I, if you you had a restaurant where everybody dresses informally, it's all casual all the time, mm-hmm. and let's say their rating of it would be say sixty out of a hundred. You do go same restaurant, same food, same everything, except you're dressed up in a suit and tie. Your your meal will increase in quality at least 20%. So you get a better meal if you show up dressed up. I I have no question about that. I'm going to try that, and I'm going to wear a lot of makeup and do my hair and the whole bit. Yeah, there you go. If you need need, uh, all that makeup. I mean, it could well, be you're I, so you know naturally beautiful. Dress, uh, you know, I, can you tell just over the phone that I am? But I just wanted to tell you on a serious note that I love your cookbook, and it's just, I adore it. And um, just 
don't well if it's if it's all beat up like that it sounds like you need a new one you know i have a new edition of it out uh so if you've had it a long time this uh, about uh six months ago we put out a whole new edition lots of photographs a new cover uh a few new recipes here and there but uh there it is and it's and it's cheaper it's ten dollars cheaper (laughs) <laughs> I'm getting it. I'm a fan, and I will have a whole collection of yours as soon as I possibly can. There you go. If only everybody lived that way. <laughs> right, well, well, listen, thank, okay. you, thank you very much for calling. That was very nice okay. of you. Okay. See you. Have it's a nice holiday. Show. You too. Okay. It's bye. the food show, and in case I have uh, tweaked your hunger uh, for my recipe, and this is, this, is a, this is a plug. There's no question about it, and I'm just doing it on my own stick. Uh it's available in bookstores all over the city. It goes for uh, twenty-nine, fifty, or thirty dollars, and it's called Tom Fitzmorris's New Orleans Food. And it's time for a news break, isn't it? I think it is. In about sixty seconds. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Well, then I can come back and tell you that when we return from the news, you could be on there waiting to talk about us about anything on your mind having to do with eating, about restaurants, and uh, the Revion dinners. If you've been to any of those. Or whatever on your mind, if it's about food and good taste, give us a call, 260, wait a minute, 260-1870. There we go, 260-1870. You see, my problem is during the week I have a different phone number than than I do on the weekends, and my brain is not sophisticated enough to pick out all of that and make it happen perfectly every time. But now uh, we escape into the news, and then we'll be back with more of the food show. Here on uh, the Big 870, WWL and WWL 105.3 FM, WWL.com. Stay tuned. Thank you. Hello there. Welcome back. It's the Food Show. I'm Tom Fitzmaurice. 260-1870 is our telephone number. Do we have Al on hold? Did I hear that right? Yeah. Let's see. Al, welcome to the uh, Food Show. Come on in. Hello. Hey, Al, you there? Hi. I can hear you perfectly. Okay, great. Uh, Tom, I just wanted to uh, actually put in a plug for yeah. a, um, a a recent book on New Orleans history, and specifically mm-hmm. the Gentilly section of New Orleans. Oh, I think I heard about this. I haven't seen the book, though. Tell me about it. Okay. Well, I'm the author. Oh, the who are you? Is, Al who? I'm Al, Al Reese, Reese. Al Reese. Okay, and the book is called Chili Gentilly, and it, <laughs> <laughs> it is actually a book that uh, encompasses um, the history of uh, New Orleans, but uh, Gentilly specifically, and um, it actually uh, takes uh, takes the reader from the discovery of the Mississippi River all the way to the Gentilly Plantation that was established by the Drew Brothers. But you know, uh, that wait, b- before you uh, uh, g- get into this too deeply, I think that's a brilliant idea because Gentilly is, first of all, uh, people don't pay attention to it unless you live there. And uh, it is as historic a part of the city as uh, as any other part of the city. And uh, yeah. there's much to be said about it. And I mean, just to pick you one, the third uh, uh Consumer, I guess that's the word for it, uh, uh, carrier on, on the rails in the world was uh, the, uh, there were two others uh, up in the northeast. And number three of all time was 
the 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 Smoky Mary. Basically, it was from the foot of uh, uh, Elysian Fields all the way into the lake, and uh, right there, that's a, that's a long chapter right there just to talk about yes. that train. Well, that 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 is in the book. Um, uh, as I said, uh, uh, actually, Gentilly uh, was established because of um, the uh, the Gentilly Ridge. Yeah, uh, there, there, there were two main ridges in New Orleans. One was the Metairie Ridge, and the other one was the Gentilly Ridge. At one well, they time, were, they were they, the same one. Well, they they actually at one time met up in Bayou St. John. Um, yeah, you can uh, still the the uh, the uh, lagoon there is a remnant of it. That uh, it is a remnant of the uh, Metairie Bayou, right, uh, in the Metairie uh, Ridge. But uh, what Sauvage. I wanted to say, yeah, Bayou Sauvage. And, and you know, there are still um, uh, places where Bayou Sauvage still exists. Uh, you have to you have yep. to look for it, but you, but you can find it. Um, what I wanted to say about um, uh, the history of Gentilly is that the Drew brothers, uh, one of them, uh, actually is purported to have cut the second cane when Bienville came to establish the colony. Uh, back in, uh, um, uh, you know, back in the late 1700s. 300 years ago, yeah. That's correct. He is reported to have um, to have uh, cut that cane along with Bienville. But the, uh, the Drew brothers, uh, Grace King wrote about him, and uh, 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 Mr. Smith, who was um, uh, a early teaching professor at Tulane University in the early 1900s, probably um, – wrote the definitive history of the city, um, you know, and he also wrote about the Drew Brothers. But what I wanted to say, the chap, uh, the book, the book encompasses uh, a lot of chapters, but one of the chapters is about Gentilly cuisine. Mm. And um, the history of Gentilly, um, the people that grew up there and were raised there in the baby boom era, uh, you know, know these restaurants well. One of them was Martin Brothers um, on Shepton Tour Highway. Yep. Um, which, you know, was an old established uh, restaurant. Um, the creator uh, of the poor boy sandwich. That's correct. And they, uh, and they called it a poor boy, not a po' boy. That's right. My first oyster in French was uh, actually at Martin Brothers when I was a boy, and I, I, I remember wasn't that, it? Yeah. Oh, it was. It was. It was a taste that that you couldn't get anywhere else, but in in the city of New Orleans. It was fantastic. Yeah, other areas of the world, but uh, the other, the other restaurants, um, you know, a lot of them were, were uh, the A&G Cafeteria on Gentilly Boulevard, the Morrison Cafeteria that was in Gentilly Woods Mall, um, uh, Teddy's Poor Boys that was on Franklin Avenue. There were, there were, uh, you know, and the book encompasses uh, a lot of the Gentilly cuisine. So I just yeah. wanted to say that That's... if people, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I said it sounds like a great book. I, um, are you going to do a signing at any of the bookstores around town? Well, you know, I, I, I'm, I was in. Um, I, I haven't. No, not not yet. Oh, um, do but, that. You'll you'll find you have more fans than you think you know. Yeah. Well, it's on. It's been on. Uh, I have Facebook pages. Uh, if you go to Gentilly, Chili Gentilly on Facebook, you'll you'll see the book there. But uh, uh, some of the videos that I put up uh, encompasses some of the historical mm. photographs of the area, and uh, oh. it's been viewed uh, twenty or thirty thousand times. So I just I just wanted oh, to good. put my 
my two cents in. Well, I, so. I hope you do very well with it, and I'm going to go out and get a copy of it. It's uh, Who's the publisher? Uh, the publisher is actually uh, Catboy Works, but it's um, it's published on Amazon. If you go to Amazon.com, oh, uh-huh. you go to Amazon Books. It's self-published, so I you see. know, look for it. Look for it on Amazon. You'll you'll find it. It's uh, it's a pretty interesting book. It's gotten some good reviews, and uh, well, good. there hasn't I'm been a history book. Yeah, it hasn't been a history book of the city in in so long. So I, I figured it was time to write a little bit about it. Yeah, that's a great choice of subjects. I I think there's a lot to be said about that part of the city. You know, uh, you mentioned uh, there was a a restaurant uh, in uh, Gentilly Woods, which is just on the other side of the railroad tracks from, uh, you know, uh, uh, from uh, Gentilly Avenue. Uh, And there there used to be a Maison Blanche store there at the corner of – and, and, it, and yeah. it had a restaurant in it called the Charlemont, C-H-A-R-L hyphen M-O-N-T. I have no idea what that means. Hmm. But I remember going there once. This would have been around 1976. And there was a waitress who came up to the table, uh, and she looked like she was kind of, you know, had a rough day. And she said, okay, <laughs> in addition to the stuff on the menu, we got a special. We got uh, the trout. You can have it either fried or either the manure. And I thought, I said, oh, I don't know about that. What's the soup du jour? And she said, I don't know, darling. They change it on me every damn day. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it's an interesting part of the city. There was actually a restaurant right there on the Triangle, uh, right uh-huh, underneath yeah. the Triangle uh, uh, called was- Richard's. Richards. Richards, it was there for a million years ago, and it advertised something very peculiar. Do you remember what it was? I don't remember what it was, no. They, they, had, a sign. Was they had a sign outside the place as if this were the most famous thing in the world, and that, uh, you know, it was at a level of fried chicken or, anything, or roast beef, poor boys. It said, serving northern coffee. What the <laughs> hell is that? <laughs> But I, I, and, I remember they changed the signs out a few times over the years, but they never took that off. Northern coffee. Uh, they, were, I, uh, they were there for years, and they were one of the best places you could go for breakfast. It uh, was really Denver. good. It always mm. was, yeah. Yes, we'll miss that we, one. Yeah, we will. Uh, we do. Uh, and Howard, Howard Johnson's Pancake uh, Restaurant yeah. was uh-huh. right down the street on the way to Swegman's to, to make groceries. There well, you go. Used to used to stop there with my dad all the time on the way to Swegman's to get the groceries. Uh, well, th- this all sounds great. What's the name of the book again? It is called Chili Gentilly. Chili Gentilly, which brings Chili. on one more, one more anecdote. Uh, do you know who Harry Turvalon was? No, don't know who Harry Turvalon Harry, was. Harry Turvalon was a waiter at the Camellia Grill for something like 50 years. Oh, okay. And right. everybody loved him, and with good reason, because he was a lovable guy. He was funny. He was always telling jokes about himself and everybody else he knew. And he, he would make sure that the guys on the grill would do the hamburgers right and the omelets right. And uh, anyway, people would come up and say, yeah, how you doing, Harry? What's going on? He says, well, it's chilly in Gentilly. And uh, and then he went on from there. He had like five others, you know, in uh, – Well, uh, yeah. Hap Glotty, uh, you know, lived in Gentilly, and he 
I, I think he used to come up with that saying all the time. But yeah, for those of be. us that were born and raised in Gentilly, it was no mystery. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, although you would hear on on the weather that you know New Orleans would be much warmer than the North Shore, those <laughs> of us in Gentilly never yeah. bought that. Uh, Any time yeah. I uh, called front row, then we we were freezing out on the way. There you are. Well, listen. Thank you very much. Good luck with the book, and uh, see I, you around. I really, I, I appreciate, it and I really enjoyed the show, Tom. Thanks a lot. Thank you very much. See ya. All it's right. The food show. This is Tom Fitzmorris. We will return with more of the food show after first. Please, this. Oh boy, we have uh, a really interesting, uh, sudden appearance of some really great people. To talk about on the air, I will not waste any more time. We'll talk to uh, our buddy Al Sanceri, who is uh, the man behind. Uh, um, uh, I, I'm getting old. Uh, P and J Oysters, of course, the most uh, venerable oyster seller uh, in the in the city. How you doing, Al? Al, you there? Hey, Tom, how are, can you hear me? I hear you perfectly. Thank you. Oh, well, just driving uh, through Gentilly right now. I, I, I had to oh, call what, in. What a coincidence. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, you know, I remember going to Martin Brothers, Morrison's Cafeteria when I, I was a young kid and having an oyster quote boy there. <laughs> it, it was just, uh, uh, it made me want to call in and talk to you about oysters and the holidays. and how. It, Why not? Yeah, because this is. Uh, you're ready to go uh, with oysters. You got enough of them to take care of the demand. Uh, well, you know the oyster is significantly different now. You know you don't have uh, as many people processing oysters because it's hard to get uh, yeah. the big sacks of cultivated oysters. We will have enough oysters for uh, our customers, uh, as we always do. Is it's. Uh, it's just getting the right kind of quality product that we want to put our name on. Uh, that, that's become more, much more of a challenge than what it used to be. I know, and it costs so, a little more, too. But it's, we're still talking about what I think, personally, is the greatest value in the whole world of seafood. I mean, what, what we wind up paying for, uh, for oysters, it's a steal. It's 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 such a great product. I that uh, I've never had a problem with the with whatever the restaurant I'm in charges for oysters. Well, you know, oysters uh, have to meet a lot of standards that other foods don't. You know, water yeah. quality uh, is very very important, and that will tell you how they're going to taste uh, from where those oysters are uh, farmed and harvested from. And, you want something uh, that, that I'm sure you know this already, but this is something for everybody to grit their teeth and get angry about. My son, who lives in Los Angeles, tells me that in the whole state of California, uh, Gulf oysters are prohibited from being sold. It's an absolute fact. You cannot buy a oyster from the Gulf state uh, there unless it's been pasteurized. Um, and that's the only way you can eat a, a Gulf oyster there, except for uh, January and February, uh, because uh, of this 
uh, certain bacteria that's found all over the wor- world um, yeah. that that they decided to ban Gulf oysters. It's more a political thing yeah, than it yeah. is uh, an issue for health. But uh, and it's really too bad because our oysters are a lot better than those uh, from the northwest and northeast. <laughs> I couldn't agree with you more. And they, you know, they're they're the size of a dime or a penny. I mean, they, they, they it's so tiny. Uh, they're they're not bad yeah. to eat, but they're not they're not at the league uh, the, in the league we have. Hey Al, uh, no, if somebody our... if somebody wants to come over there and buy some oysters for the holidays, uh, what do they do? Well, because I know you have unusual hours. Yeah, uh, we do. We we you know I get into work about three in the morning and we open <laughs> the doors at five. You you have to get your product to the restaurants before lunch, yeah. and you don't want to interfere with their lunch time. So uh, you get them fresh. Our hours are from five a.m. to eleven a.m. Uh, we are actually going to be open this coming Saturday, which we have not been open on Saturdays wow. since Hurricane <laughs> Katrina. Uh, but we are going to open up the, uh, this Saturday before Christmas so we can have some of our special unwashed, unprocessed oysters that uh, are going to be just like if you ate them off of the shell. Yeah. It should tell you something, that, uh, this is for consumers, that uh, if you if you go for the, for the oysters over there, uh, that you have to go through so much uh, rigmarole to uh, to actually get them, uh, you know, at the early hours and everything. But it's worth every nickel of it and every uh, bit of inconvenience. But anyway, yeah, I'm uh, sorry. Go- I'm really sorry about that. It's just we're mainly a wholesale house, and we're yeah. we're happy, and we love uh, all the people that come in to to uh, go through what they do to come get our oysters in the French Quarter. Uh, but I'll tell you that the, the quality of the oyster you're going to get unwashed from us is unsurpassed. It's it's the best. I, I'm, I'm totally nuts about them. I could sit there and eat uh, three, four, five dozen uh, at a sitting. I just never get tired of it. Hey, listen, Al, well, thank you for calling, and uh, happy, new, uh, happy New Year, and uh, happy uh, uh, Merry Christmas and all of that. Good luck with your oysters, and uh, we're always thinking about you. Thank you're you, always Tom. welcome you have on a good our show. One too. Yeah. See ya. Th- Bye. Thank you. It's the food show. Bye. Is Greg still there? Uh, is, he is. Can I talk to him or do, should I stop? Wait a minute. Let me. Th- I don't think this will take long. Hey, Greg, you're there? I am here. I'm, you are. I and I'm listening I'm, to the last two callers. Uh, and Tilly I'm, I'm, Gentilly. Yeah. And, uh, and Al Sinceri. I see Al and Sal every Thanksgiving and every Christmas, and I pick up a gallon. There you go. Uh, the you may find is full of oysters. Yeah, well, that, well, that always helps. Uh, you yeah. may be surprised me... by this, but I'm looking at your picture in the 1965 Blue Jay. Good-looking guy, huh? Well, a lot better-looking than I was at that age. Take a look at my <laughs> picture and see what you get out of that. Geek, geek yeah. all over. <laughs> well, listen, the reason I'm calling is I want to take a friend uh, who loves prime rib to dinner, and she lives on the North Shore. Is there anything on the North Shore that you'd recommend? Other, you know, I mean, uh, the obvious is the River Room, but other than that, yeah, uh, I would. Uh, the the places I would send you to would be uh, Keith Young Steakhouse in Madisonville. It's a terrific they place do service. Rib? Yeah, they do. 
Um, okay. Uh, I'm pretty sure they do. I, I, I haven't checked it today, but uh, I suspect it is. And then uh, also uh, those two restaurants owned by, oh, dog. I mean, you know, you know this getting old stuff is for the birds. Uh, I know. But uh, anyway, uh, one guy has two restaurants. He's about to open a third in Slidell. Uh, what is he, the mystery chef's name? He'll come to me in a second, bro. I hope. Uh, but uh, I'll, let's see. Uh, uh, I'll be listening if you think okay. of it. Or somebody yeah, I'll, I'll, else it'll, calls it'll, in, it'll, I'd appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, it'll it'll come yeah. to me in a second. But uh, uh, anyway, uh, there, there are there are. Uh, let's see. It seems to me there's one other one that I'm not thinking of that is out there. But uh, yeah, you can you can get uh, you can get that on the North Shore. And well, just keep I, listening. I may end up going to the rib room because I'm well, loving the support. Well, you could do a lot worse there. than that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. All right, Tom. Well, good luck. Well, good luck. Good seeing you at that 50th thing we had at, at Frank's place. That was great. That was that was great. Are you are you coming to the reunion on? Uh, I, I, I don't I don't know. I uh, well, I'm uh, going, so I'll see you there. I hope. During the holidays, <clears> but if yeah. I if I, I hope to make it. Yeah. Take care. Yeah. Good seeing you. See ya. Bye classmate of mine, a Jesuit. Uh, we'll come back with more of the Food Show after First Please This. Hi, it's the Food Show. Gosh, we're almost at the end of the program. Uh, let's see, I have one loose end here. I said that I would find out the name of the restaurant. It wasn't, um, I couldn't bring it up on my brain, uh, so I got it from another uh, source. It's Gallagher's Grill, and then they have another location right in the middle of uh, Mandeville, and both of those do prime rib for absolutely sure. I know that. And uh, the Gallagher's Grill in uh, Covington, that's the one I prefer because it's closer to where I live. But I like the place a little better, too. Anyway, that takes care of that. Uh, and that pretty much wraps up the program. I am on the air every day on 105.3 FM HD2. If you don't have an HD radio, go get one. It's worth every nickel you'll spend for it, and they're not expensive. And you'll be able to hear that with a lot more ease. It's probably already uh, in your car, especially if you have a, a kind of new car. And uh, if you can't find it, just get the dealer to show you how to do it, and then do a, uh, save that uh, position on the dial, and then you have it. Okay, so much for that. And that about wraps up the program, doesn't it? Well, have uh, what's uh, left of the weekend. Enjoy and uh, check out the check out the comet tonight, and uh, go to those Revion dinners. That's the best deal in dining ever, 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 every year, going on right now, at 65 restaurants around town. They are just great. Go with friends. On FM, on HD, on Skywave, and online. This is WWL Radio in New Orleans and WWL 105.3 FM HD 2. 2, no, make that 1.